Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. This is, in fact, number 30, podcast number 30 for Two Grumpy Hacks in this tumultuous year. Dennis, let's go first to the street violence in Melbourne. And uh, it's interesting to see the political or the comments from politicians on it or the absence in some cases. I mean, we have such folk as the pitifully ill-equipped Malcolm Roberts and uh, the loony from the north, George Christensen, uh, cheering on uh, the violence. And there were statements from a couple of uh, liberal uh, federal ministers, um, uh, Tugger Tudge and also Michael Suka. Uh, both the tone of both their statements seemed to be blaming uh, Premier Dan Andrews for the uh, for the uh, clashes in the streets. That that's that seems to me, and I am a cynic. I know that seems to me that the federal. Uh, a government is trying to take advantage of this turmoil to um, further discredit uh, Andrews. Uh, am I too cynical? Well, probably not. Uh, and matter of fact, I'm going to go out on that limb that you're on and say, no, <laughs> no, they're not. I, I, I think that the federal government, uh, the federal Liberal Party, uh, has seen the same market research that uh, most other people have seen which shows that the Labor Party is many points ahead in Victoria. Uh, as, as one uh, Liberal said to me, uh, it's a wasteland down here. Um, and the Labor Party, they don't think there are many seats that are available to them, but they think there are now a couple of seats, federal seats that are available to them in Victoria. So uh, the Liberal Party and the, and the coalition government have to try and uh, discredit and and take some of the um, shine off of Dan Andrews, and and I think they'll take any opportunity, include including um, sort of you know um, saying that he's responsible for for that awful business in the streets of Melbourne the last few days, and 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 probably continuing, unfortunately. Yes, it does look like that. Can I just mention an honourable exception? to uh, the, the political uh, responses. Uh, Victorian National Darren Chester has come out and soundly condemned um, the, mm. the oaths in the street. Um, yeah, no qualification there. And and, uh, and, Ma- and Michael McCormack. Uh, oh, right. Good. He, he did as well. And also there was a couple of other uh, national MPs um, uh, who the, responding to George Christensen and and uh, interestingly enough, uh, one of them was Lou O'Brien from Queensland and the other one whose name escapes me, but they were both former policemen uh, and they came out and said you can't uh, attack the police in the way that George Christensen was doing. Yeah, yeah, no, that that that. I mean, <laughs> well, anyway, uh, look. The, one cliche trotted out by some is that uh, 
these disturbances are un-Australian. And it's a bit more than a cliche now because it seems to be fact. The use of terms such as fake news by some of the um, uh, the dickheads who are uh, who are marching, um, the the whole uh, shape of the anti-vax campaign. Uh, it, it reeks of uh, far-right uh, inspiration from the United States and uh, some of the more violent pro-Trumpian uh, elements there. There was even a bloke uh, photographed uh, giving a Nazi salute. Uh, the suggestion that there's been significant infiltration of the union movement is uh, gaining gaining certain amount of strength, not just as uh, a means for um, the, the trades unions to... Uh, avoid uh, responsibility for what's happening in Melbourne. But um, there seems to be significant ev evidence that it is there, that it is indeed an un-Australian uh, type of, uh, of uh, protest. There is a fair bit of that. I, I think some, you know, there, there were uh, uh, a, a, a proportion, I would say significant proportion of the people protesting were... Um, people who worked on building sites. Not all of them would be members of the CFMEU, but a number of them were. Uh, and I think that's to the union's uh, shame that, that these people were there doing what they were doing. Now, you know, John, John Setka um, likes to have sort of a bit of a, a bet each way by saying, oh, look, we, we tell our, our blokes that, you know, they've got to follow the rules, but we're not going to, um, you know, come out and... Uh, vigorously support mandatory vaccinations um, uh, when a whole lot of other workers at the moment are, are facing the prospect of, uh, of um, mandatory vaccinations and most of them are, are taking them up uh, you know, pretty readily because they know that it's a, a way for, to safety. But that's, that's sort of another issue. Yep. You know, yep. I, I think that the, the whole thing in Melbourne... Um, is you know, it's a product of lockdowns that have gone on way too long. Uh, I think that the federal government has been creating uh, a, um, a, a diversion away from its own incompetence in, in the way it's handled the vaccination program this year and also trying to uh, sheet home some political blame and damage towards Dan Andrews. I mean, I think that Dan Andrews has got a pretty good case to make that if he had have got the kind of share of vaccines that New South Wales was getting, uh, what he, he said that New South Wales was was in a um, you know a, sort of a sprint and he was uh, being forced to uh, take part in an egg and spoon race. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, he might he he and his uh, uh, fellow Victorians might have been able to handle the current outbreak of the virus a bit better. But, you know, it has been a terrible thing and the lawlessness on the streets is is just, just I, I find it just absolutely, you know, well, it's a bit, it sounds a bit trite to say it's heartbreaking, but it, it is incredibly, you know, sort of, who the hell do these people think they are? And, um, uh, you know, a friend of mine in the hospitality industry who, who was sort of commenting about the backlash against restaurants that said that they were going to require people to be vaccinated. And they, they, some of these restaurants have, have been inundated with vicious, nasty uh, responses. 
uh, and this guy said, most of these people are sort of putting their names to these things. He said, I've never seen so many people so willing to uh, advertise their own monumental stupidity. Yeah, look, it's difficult to understand the mindset of it all. Uh, I I mean, there's one thing to mount an argument uh, based on, uh, on medical factors, against vaccination they don't seem to come through pretty well but just to, to say uh, you know i'm not going to allow tyranny to tell me what to do with my body it's just uh, pompous garbage it's just mm. uh, just stupid yeah. look look speaking of uh, uh <laughs> speaking of just stupid uh, can we go to... i i could i could see your segue coming <laughs> Can we go to Scott Morrison, submarine diplomacy, yes, yes. <laughs> which has worked with the Prime Minister's usual uh, precision? Now, look, diplomacy requires a certain amount of consistency, transparency and, and reliability. Uh, Scott Morrison dumping the French submarine deal was, was more like a bloke um, ending an engagement by slipping a note under his fiance's door with the words "weddings off" and then running away. Uh, it, it just it, it obviously the French are going to be annoyed. There's ninety six or ninety billion dollars uh, they're not going to get, um, and uh, this doesn't go to whether or not Australia should have nuclear powered submarines. There's a strong body. Uh, of opinion and advice that we should but it's how you do it is the problem and Scott Morrison has shown us how not to can I just point out a couple of things that uh, on August 30 Defence Minister Peter Dutton and our Foreign Minister Maurice Payne um, issued a joint statement with their French counterparts which included the words in a quote um, uh, that both countries underpin the importance of the future submarine program, which is the partnership that uh, that we had with France for 12 um, uh, attack class uh, submarines. Um, now, uh, just what, about two weeks after that, 16 days after that, uh, Scott Morrison rang the, uh, rang the French president, Macron, and told him it's all off and then uh, Dutton and Payne get sent the same message to their counterparts. It was just two weeks earlier. They've been uh, saluting each other for their their sub work. Uh, and understandably, the French were upset and, and a bit angry and might uh, seek ways to uh, take revenge against us. Um, but I don't know if, if uh, Scott Morrison could have done things any better. Uh, I tend to think he could have. Uh, but what do you think? Well, you, you would have to think that he would, would would have been able to handle things better than he has. Now, you know, he he is very big on um, you know delivering the slogans surrounding international affairs. You know, we will not be you know sort of um, uh, moved on the um, need to have our own sovereignty, we will put Australia's national interests first, you know, sort of, I mean, it's all sort of couched in these motherhood statements that, yeah, sure, of course, yes, 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 we all agree. However, you know, it's sort of um, pissing off uh, one of our close allies, and the French have been a close ally to the Australians 
uh, over many, many, many decades, centuries, wars, uh-huh. whatever, you know, and to, to piss them off mightily uh, in, in a way that was, at, at, I think, at least sort of, you know, silent uh, and at worst duplicitous. I mean, you know, the, the, the French say that, that back in June, at about the time that um, Scott Morrison was meeting with Macron in Paris, um, the Australians were asked, you know, because the French were worried, they thought that, that the Australians were going to do what they ended up doing, and they thought, well, we can build nuclear-powered submarines, and they asked uh, the Australians, would you like, uh, would it be better if, if we switched to nuclear power technology? And apparently the response was nothing just absolute mm. silence. Mm. Uh, and just in the last 24 hours, the French uh, in Paris are, are briefing that the day of the announcement about AUKUS, which you know, it does sound like sort of a, a sort of a, a, slight, a slightly sort of um, underdeveloped uh, killer whale. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, or, or, or the or the orc, which is a uh, an extinct bird. But anyway, got... yeah, um, yeah. On the very day it was being announced, um, French officials, French defence officials, were asking Australian defence officials whether there was anything wrong. You know, obviously they heard chatter in you know as you do, uh, and were told, no, no, everything's fine, all all sweet. You know, <laughs> away you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, go, go, go and have another croissant and uh, mm-hmm. and a, and a, a, a cafe. Um, the it's an interesting argument from Labor that uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the stuff ups from the Prime Minister was going public the way he did. Uh, he made, had a press conference where he, he announced that the French deal was uh, was murt or whatever the French debt is, uh, and. The next day, he did four radio interviews and two TV uh, chats, plus he did a full press conference after National Cabinet uh, in, in, during which he uh, dealt with the, um, the sub-matter, and he had nothing to say, hmm. except I've made an announcement. He, he, he had no details whatsoever. We, we don't know how much this deal might cost. Uh, we don't know how much the compensation for uh, the French might be. We don't know what's going to happen to nuclear waste. We don't know what's hap- going to happen to the submarines um, when they uh, outlive their their purpose. We don't know when they're going to arrive. We don't even know who is going to build them, even though he says, oh, they're going to be built in Adelaide. I, that could be a large part of horse patootie in that. So the Prime Minister was promoting his announcement rather than the details and that tends to think, again, my cynicism coming in play tends for me to think that um, he thought this was a terrific thing um, uh, politically for him. I'm going to ride this to death uh, again. Am I too cynical? No, no, you're not. As soon as I heard heard this uh, announcement um, and the fact that these this submarine, new, new replacement submarine contract was attached to it, 
uh, I started humming that, that great Rolling Stones song, Sweet Virginia, because one, uh, the new class of submarine that the Americans are making is the Virginia class, and two, they are built uh, in the state of Virginia. And the, if and when we get any of these submarines, uh, they will be built in Virginia. They, they were, and not in uh, Virginia, the suburb north of Adelaide, uh, and certainly not in uh, Osborne down near Port Adelaide, where the uh, current submarines are, uh, have been built. Uh, these are going to be built by the Americans and then leased to the Australians. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, mm. uh, I am cynical, um, freely mm. admit it. Yep, yep. And uh, don't start me on that infantile uh, tag he put on this agreement, the forever partnership, which is <laughs> like, you know, hallmark uh, card uh, rubbish. Um, now, one, one thing that this might have done, or he might have hoped uh, the sub deal uh, did, was distract from the Porter Pathway, the extraordinary situation whereby uh, a guy, while he was minister, uh, accepted a big swag of dough from an anonymous uh, um, trust uh, and thought it was perfectly okay. Uh, well, it wasn't, and uh, Christian Porter has now uh, lost his um, ministry because of it, and Scott Morrison is hoping that that's the end of the story, um, that he can walk away from that. I don't think he can, because... While as a backbencher, uh, Mr. Porter uh, can accept money from a blind trust um, uh, uh, and there's nothing illegal in that, it does clash with um, the integrity expectations of many voters. And I don't think the story is over for him. Um, look, should he volunteer further information about who provided this money or perhaps more pertinently, should the rules covering um, declarations by members of parliament uh, be more rigorous and more detailed? Uh, yes and yes. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, but he's not going to tell us anymore. Uh, I think it, you know, he says he's going to stand again uh, for the seat of Pierce uh, at the coming election. Um, maybe he will. Uh, I, I, I don't think it will help the chances of the coalition to hold that seat if he does. Um, I think the greater uh, uh, po probability is that he won't stand and he, he, he will keep, he will take the money uh, into his, um, well, he'll pay his bills with the money, uh, but that will give him you know, uh, some extra money uh, for himself afterwards. Um, you know, um, I mean, you know, somebody asked me the day uh, after Scott Morrison announced that that, uh, that um, Christian Porter was leaving the ministry, and someone said, "Why did uh, Why did Morrison sack him?" And I said, "So he can keep the money." I mean, yeah, uh, yep. um, Essentially, Porter had had a choice. He could stay in cabinet uh, and give the money back to the donors and say who they were, or he could get out of cabinet and keep the money, and he. He took the money. Um, so, you know, on your question of whether the rules should be uh, tightened uh, and and made more rigorous and, and, and more transparent, yes, of course they should. Is it likely they will? Well, the problem there is that it's the politicians who make the rules. 
And I'm sorry, I, I don't have faith, even though, you know, sort of Labor says, oh, well, you look, we'll, we'll do things better. You know, I, I've heard that for far too long. Yep, yep. And, and look, the, the, the basis of this is nobody gives money to anybody without expecting something in return. Even if you give it to a charity, you expect that charity to do its good work. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, Christian Porter ain't no charity. All right. No, 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 he's not. And can I just quickly say, I, I'm, I'm really, um, and I know that you were being polite when you used the phrase, but it, it, it gets up my nose that the way people have kept referring to this as a blind trust. It's not a blind trust. It's a slush fund. Mm. Yeah, that's a better term. All right. Well, that's it for this week. And I think the slush will continue to flow uh, uh, next week when we will rejoin you. And, and, and Dennis, we should just uh, congratulate uh, our, our dear uh, friend Tony Wright on his birthday today, uh, today being Wednesday. Um, uh, who thought he would last this long? I think it's a medical miracle. Uh, and uh, we salute you, Tony Wright. Indeed, we do. Uh, and uh, I would sing, but, um, you know, we have few <laughs> enough listeners as it is. <laughs> okay. All right, till next week, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from up here.